Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. And it's a mailbag, uh, dropped us an email, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com, in which they expressed that, um, you know, one grain of hope from all this is that uh, people will understand how insidious and crappy the 24-hour news cycle is and, and start to reject it. And listen, this ain't bragging, I don't know, maybe I'm just easily led or follow easily or something, but generally speaking, if if the two of us are getting really sick of something and starting to understand that... Now, this is toxic. I thought it was fun, but it's not anymore. A lot of other people are feeling that way, too. And if people gain perspective that constantly bathing themselves in the worst misery, child stabbed to death in rural Montana, gang rape in, you know, northern Virginia, 
and everybody has to take on all that stuff all the time. Uh, you know, I think people are finally realizing that that's just a terribly unhealthy way to live. Um, anyway, on a completely different topic, uh, over in Japan, they're, they're making human animal hybrids and, uh, doing it with the approval of the government. And here's the difference. Here is the difference. They're going to allow them to come to term. They're going to let the human animal baby be born. And it's, um, well, it's chilling stuff and we're all at risk. Uh, they're trying to grow, uh, well, they're trying to grow pancreases in l- l- mice and rats. If you've ever wanted a tiny pancreas, Japan's going to have one for you. Well, what's the concern with this, though? Where, where does it go off the rails? Well, some t- th- one of the concerns is that the human cells might not restrict themselves to the pancreas and that there will be human DNA that somehow reaches the brain through processes, which I do not understand. I was more a words guy than a science guy. It's so like Jurassic Park. Nature finds a way. Mm, you, can't, you can't control it. So right. you end up with, like, talking mice that are on Facebook or what? Uh, probably so, and demanding the vote. Mm. Uh, Listen, we have to recognize there are 10 to 12 million mice in this country. We need to give them the vote. Human mice. Well, I appreciate, though, that Japan, as a normal country, is doing this uh, with everybody's knowledge, as opposed to China and North Korea and Russia, which I'm sure are far along in doing this and keeping it underground. Yeah. And yeah. don't care what the uh, what the ethics of the world community are. I think it's pretty safe to say if Japan is doing something openly, your horrendous regimes are probably years ahead of them and doing it secretly. Particularly China, with right. you know they're one of the biggest economies in the world. They got lots of money to spend. And they don't give a damn about the sanctity of human life or anything ridiculous like that. No, Communists no. generally don't. No, that 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 that's the difference between Japan and the United States and all European countries and China. If they had to have a hundred people die to try to produce some sort of technological breakthrough, a hundred, a thousand, they wouldn't care at all. Yeah. Yeah. Now, we talked about this a little in our award-winning podcast, One More Thing, which you can get. It's like an extra segment of the show, only for podcast listeners, and it's available wherever and podcasts are given away. handsomely. <laughs> Glad somebody's making money off that. <laughs> anyway, uh, we talked about this, and, and I pitched my idea for a great horror movie. And I'm, I ought to get to work writing a script, um, and it would have to do with pigs, because... Talking mice, who cares? But so they worked with pigs because pigs are genetically, I guess, fairly similar to humans. And as I understand it, we don't reject stuff grown in pigs as readily. You know, the organ rejection thing when you get a transplant. Um, and so it's delicious or what? Well, maybe that's part of it. You know, your, your body's thinking, you know, that new pancreas of mine, it's clearly not human, but it is delicious. Uh, so anyway, human-animal hybrids, it's terrifying. There's a history of stories going back. You know, your island, the Dr. Moreau, your The Fly. Any other good ones I'm, I'm forgetting? Well, oh, my God, the, the wolf man, the werewolf, right? Mm. It's a kind of a human-animal hybrid thing. Um, in, in my movie, the, the pigs, you know, some, uh, and, and positive, Sean, you can tell me what trope to use in the movie, but if nature finds a way, the human DNA gets into the pig brain. And the pigs are exhibiting more and more human, uh, you know, behaviors. And the scientists become more troubled. And the, but the meat industry demands they shut up. And 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 there are high level meetings and marches in the streets. And and finally they decide they have to slaughter the humanimal. That's the new term, humanimal, the human pig. 
And they go to the pig's pen thinking, well, we'll get a couple of hams out of it, if nothing else. And the pig looks at the person with the, with the hatchet and says, how, how would a pig's voice sound? Do you think it'd be squealy or more grunty? Kill a grunty. You're slaughtering pigs with a hatchet in this scenario? <laughs> well, that's the old-timey way, isn't what it? What year is this? Okay. Barbaric! Oh, all right, I don't know. What, do they throw a grenade it's at It's for them? the visual effect of the movie. So, Jack, get out of the way. Let, let, let's, <laughs> let's the creative brainstorm. <laughs> yeah, really, don't don't trample on my genius. Uh, so they go up to him with whatever device they use to dispatch pigs these days. Although it's not like an assembly line because there are only a couple of these okay. uh, human pigs. Um, and so they go up to him, maybe they got a shotgun or something, and uh, sorry about this, Jim, he'll say, and the pig will look up, and it's, I'm thinking a grunty voice, say, don't kill me. <laughs> and all the, ah, yeah, yeah, everybody in the audience at the movie's going to freak out, probably wet their pants, and the guy's going to back off with the shotgun. They go, oh, my God. That might even be the last scene of the movie. Sure. How's that for dropping a mic? I want <laughs> To live. Squeal. Yo! Squeal. Oh, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, yeah. We want to live. That's what he'd say. And that'd be the T-shirt, too. And, of course, I'd have to market it with some sort of fake controversy that PETA's coming out in favor of it or against it or something like I that. I built my house of straw. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we can get the rights to that. Hey, shoot, shoot that pig. He's stupid. You can put lipstick on a pig. It's still a pig. But I tell you what, when this actually happens, it's going to be troubling stuff. I mean, there are going to be some decisions to be made. If it's mostly human with just a little pork, then is it fully human? Well, yeah. Is, is it, it mostly human? What if it got a snout like a pig? <laughs> I've what known if it's got a corkscrew tail? I've known a few. What then? This is a real ethical dilemma. <laughs> what if it's a pig... But with like vastly higher intelligence than yeah. than a regular pig, and you realize, oh, this is more like well, pigs are supposed to be pretty smart, aren't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah and we well, treat we treat monkeys the way we treat them. What if it's a pig that could beat the average person at chess? <laughs> it could probably beat me at chess. Pushing around the pieces with its hooves. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's well, possible? See that unlikely. <laughs> well, they get like, yeah, knocked they my lawn little... over. They got. <laughs> I'm sorry, I have hooves. I'm sorry, I have hooves. Wow. <laughs> say to its keeper. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Yes, the squad being featured on the CBS Early Show today. I hate that name. It makes me squirm. It's so cutesy. The squabs. That's what I call them. Well, they got right underneath there. They got, uh, in big letters, the squad. So uh, who who came up with that? I I I I, I, I think know. it was put on them, and it's not their fault that they're being called the squad. I had no idea until I read this piece by Kim Strassel in the uh, Wall Street Journal about some of the bitter behind the scenes fighting. In, I mean, within the squad, these or? these uh, chicks and Nancy Pelosi are getting to hate each other. Well, yeah, I think that's pretty clear. Oh yeah, which I don't have a problem with. The, the, I I don't. It doesn't bother me that new people come in and feel like they don't need to listen to leadership. That that doesn't bother me. I oh, like no, that. I like it. I'm I'm pro that. Uh, they're wrong about everything. Yeah, I know. But, but I like their spirit. I don't want her to to win the day with her arguments about uh, the Green New Deal or whatever. But I actually saw uh, that, not falling in line because the party told you to. And I'm perfectly fine with that. I heard AOC on one of your idiotic uh, morning shows. It might have been CBS this morning, um, talking about that very thing. 
saying, I feel no obligation whatsoever to fall into line just because that's the way it's been done. And and she talked about how the lobbyists own Washington, D.C., and and that's who is really in control, which is a, a hell of a shot at Nancy Pelosi. Um, but it's unquestionably true. And it, as a guy who's not a big fan of big government, I thought, you know what? You are right on, darling. You are 100% on. It, it's a shame you're wrong about everything. And that your solutions are worse than the status quo, because you're right about the power. uh, One of the reasons I don't get so upset about uh, Trump or AOC or any of this stuff, this is a a long game. I don't know where it's going to go, but there's a reforming of everything happening. Mm -hmm. And none, none of the characters involved right now are going to have the last say in any of this. Right. This is this is going to play out over quite a while, and and even more interesting, you're seeing it all around the world. Sh- Similar yeah. Yeah. Uh, movements and shakeups. Bre- Brexit, Spain, Italy, all over the place. Yeah, we already have more than two political parties. We only have two voting lines, though, and that's where a lot of this problem comes from. I oh, feel. Yeah. Well, I, you know, I I, I mentioned where we played the clip from Rahm Emanuel over the weekend when he said. We're seeing the dissolution of the two parties. That'll, that's going to take time, though. Good. That's going to take time, and they'll reform, or there'll be more parties, or I don't know what's going to come out of it, but yeah. it's going to take time. But there will be right-wing versions, I assume, soon, I'm surprised it hasn't happened already, of AOC, who get their own Twitter following. Isn't that the Tea Party? Um, or the House Freedom Caucus, although they weren't nearly as uh, sexy and media savvy. I, I was meaning, yeah, I was meaning who understand Twitter and the power of that and Gosh, everything right. like that. So right. Somebody that emerges who's all about, you know, blasting the Republican Party for not caring about uh, the debt, for instance. Sure. And ends up with five million followers on Twitter and yeah. becomes a, th- a thorn in the side of uh, of Kevin McCarthy and whoever else. Yeah, I love that idea. That, Absolutely that, love that it. That is going to happen. And we're going to have a bunch of those. I think. And you'll have more voices um, instead of we all have to agree with whoever our leader is. That's got to be good, right? Mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I I love, like I said, I absolutely love the idea. I think AOC and I could bond on the the idea that not everything is permanent. Just because it exists now doesn't mean it has to exist or has always existed or shouldn't be changed. Don't accept what's around you as inevitable. The Republicans and Democrats, you know, the, the Republican Party obviously came about in the 1860s. When did the Democrats, they were a little earlier than that, but you got your wigs and your bull mooses and various parties that... The original, uh, wasn't Jefferson's party the Republican Democrats or Democrat Republicans? These things aren't permanent. Just let them change. So AOC and I could definitely bond on that. And then maybe, I don't know, enjoy a nice dinner and uh, maybe a little dancing and a glass of wine. And uh, I hope my wife isn't listening. (laughs) Well, I wonder, um, as far as like somebody on the right coming up who becomes, you know, a a voice for part of the Republican Party that feels like it's not getting a voice. Right. Right. Um, there's lots of Republicans that are disgusted with the party because they don't seem to care about the debt yeah. and spending. Yeah, um, but you'd pe- think somebody to merge, but do you have to be a hot chick? Is that required? It helps a lot on the on on Twitter and online. It I think being really really helps. It a lot. Certainly does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there are plenty of really attractive uh, conservative women. Yeah, and some yeah. of them have great online presence. But you hate to have politics narrowed down to only people who agree with you who are hot enough to get attention. <laughs> yes, that is uh, contributing to the uh, stupidization of America, no doubt. <laughs> but you know, uh, my only uh, problem with your scenario and its likelihood is that the idea that government should give me stuff, money, stuff, other people's stuff, because I deserve it, and they're bad people. 
I mean, that's gaining traction day by sure. day by day. No doubt about that. And the that. idea that we should be a responsible and independent people that pay as we go and, and, and uh, you know, we take care of ourselves. And as a country, we're responsible and ethical, we're moral. I mean, that sort of thing is just going out the window. So, uh, you know, I think you got your AOC. If you're going to break, uh, break down AOC's appeal, 60% is she's a hottie. Certainly in the beginning. Certainly, right. that's what launched her in the beginning. Right. Uh, there's a certain chunk of it that's uh, the the whole self-righteous aggrieved thing that's so popular. If you're aggrieved, you get attention. And, uh, and the third thing is she believes the government is a combination of mommy and Santa Claus, which is a very, very popular notion, especially among youngsters. And, uh, and so, you know, that's her appeal. But she's good at it, and she's getting better at it, which is awful. To me, uh, it's it's frightening, but her skills are increasing. Man, she's she is going right up against Nancy Pelosi, and this chick, she's listen, whatever you think of her, she won uh, what a, like twenty thousand votes or something like that. Yeah, in a borough in in New York, she won in an election where the turnout was what low thirties percentage or. It was absurdly low. It took 15,000 votes or something like that for her to end up what she is. Right, because in her district, in her district, the Democrat was going to win, period. And she won the primary. That's how she won. And so there's, like, nobody voting. And, you know, she's a bit of an intellectual lightweight, and, and I, I just, I'm not impressed with her, her ideas. They're terrible. Yet she's assumed this enormous importance in American politics. Uh, and the right loves her because they love to bash her. But you know what most Congress people do? They get elected, and oh, thank God I got elected. And then they do exactly what the leadership tells them, and they slave away on stupid committees that, that don't mean anything to anybody right. and wait their turn. And even if they never become anything, they don't care because they're going to end up rich. They right. all do. Yeah. And that's why they stay, and they'll do anything they can to keep their seat so they can continue to have their cush job and, and, and lifetime health care and all the stuff that comes with it. That's what most Congress people do. Right. And she is definitely not going along to get along. Put your wife and kids on the payroll. And... Right. Exactly. Yeah. You've got to admire it. Again, it's a shame she's wrong about everything. So Trump was actually quoted in the New York Times, or they are quoting someone close to Donald Trump, so... Mm. As Laura Logan once told us, you can read a New York Times article and not find a single fact. So an anonymous person quoted close to Trump is not a fact, really. No. But they said, uh, Trump said in a meeting, he said, after this squabble and, you know, the squad being labeled everyone and all this sort of stuff, he said, I have now married the squad to Nancy Pelosi clear through the election. Right. Which was his goal. Right. And he may have. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting. I mean, the, the early show, he's turning on the early show... What's weird to me is the media thinks that, oh, they have the squad fires back. Oh, my God, they're getting their voice now. Trump's got to hate this. Trump, if Trump turning on the TV this morning and seeing the squad on the early show, he's dancing around in his underwear. Oh, yeah. All Oof, right. Thanks for that mental picture. They've elevated four nobodies who have no power right. into the face of the Democratic Party. Well, not For only the whole that. country, yes. Not only that, but a couple of them are Muslims. Which is uh, a government of Muslims is not an image that many Americans find appealing. Now, you might call it bigotry. I happen to have studied at the university level (laughs) Muslim governments around the world, and they're scary. Almost every single one is scary. So, you know, you can call it what you want, but it works on that level, too. 
Um, Angry young Muslims. That's what the Democratic Party is. Yeah, I'd say that's a win for Trump. Armstrong and Getty. Armstrong and Getty. This is best of Armstrong and Getty. We were doing Mad Libs last night at bedtime. Got a, got a Mad Libs book. And, One of the great pleasures in life. Uh, my ki- kids are on a kick with it right now. And um, if you have a seven and nine-year-old, if you have seven and nine-year-old boys and you do Mad Libs, Every answer, noun, verb, adjective, whatever it is, is going to be <laughs> flatulence, feet, butt, <laughs> or poop related. <laughs> Booger. Yeah, exactly. It's oh, the boy. whole thing. And then they laugh till they cry. Oh, boy. And you incorporate them into your story. <laughs> I tell you what, many a highway mile was wild away during Mad Lib, doing Mad Libs uh, in the car in years past. Good times. Good times. Um, yeah. And there's some pressure on Dad to come up with clothes. Do you participate, or are you merely the uh, the pivot man, the, we, we the take, scribe? We take turns. Yeah, excellent. Excellent. Oh, I got three nouns in a row. That sort of thing. I remember that. So I'm trying to focus uh, through my bitter, burning hunger as I'm trying to do the intermittent fasting thing. <laughs> I've gotten my, on that bandwagon. My bitter, burning hunger. You uh, trend chasers. Uh, we got so many. We were talking about this mm. last week. We got so many texts from people who say they've tried everything. Yeah. And then they tried the, you know, uh, whatever you call it. Different Intermittent people fasting, but it's the only eat a fairly narrow chunk of the day. Well, the are, ideal, get down to six hours of the day or so. Yeah. There are different names, and I guess it's because you claim in your book Oh, boy. So you, you put a different name on it, so yeah. you got your own book. And oh, I see. But anyway. I'm, intermittent fasting is about, periodic eating is what you need to go for. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, So what what hour window are you going for? Right well, now? see, I'm going to ease into it because the good advice I get is that you narrow it bit by bit by bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and So so what are you at right now? I'm just going to not eat for one hour? Why don't you just let me talk? <laughs> going to cut one hour out. Why, why wait all these questions? <laughs> I'll eat for 23 hours, take one hour off. I am now <laughs> roughly an hour and a half past when I normally have a little something to eat before the show, and my stomach's digesting itself, but I'm told that <laughs> that, that it doesn't last. You change your patterns. Because and so, you collapse, and you go to the emergency room. Right, exactly, and then the they sweats. feed you IVs, and so then it doesn't matter. All right, so uh, listen. But you won't reveal how many hours you're doing right now? Because we oh. got lots of people with the different hours that they... I couldn't believe how many texts we got last week, because... You know, we bring up the latest diet, whatever, now and then, but never so many people saying, oh, yeah, oh, my God. Right, right. Yeah, oh, well, I'm no. I'm my high school weight for the first time, and I've done them all, you know, that at, sort of thing. At this point, honestly, my idea is, um, and I kind of accidentally have made it into an hour and a half, um, it's going to be an hour later that I start eating and an hour earlier that I stop eating or the difficult part, enjoying delicious, delicious wine in the evening. So, um and the goal for most people is to get into a six-hour window. Well, that's that's Man, like that's the ultimate. Small. That's the ultimate. I, I can't imagine that's ever not being the ultimate. There's well, like that's certain right. tech CEOs who who every other day they they fast to the point of hallucinations and swear <laughs> that no, I'm really getting in tune with like okay, let's calm down. But most medical people that I've seen recommend the six-hour thing is a and good that's, goal. That's a small window to eat. Yes. <sighs> 
you know, we get up at dark 30, so not eating till, say, 1 p.m. And I have to. And then to. calling it good at 7. Plus, I, I'm not going to eliminate eating with my family at night, so that's got to be included. That's why you make your window uh, crossover. I got a great, we well, we got a great note from uh, Craig, uh, the Obamacare lawyer, the healthcare guru, and also a female listener of ours wrote a terrific email that I'll share with you, but... Um, yeah, she suggests, yeah, make it overlap dinner so you can have dinner with the family. Plus, you look forward to a nice big meal so you don't feel cheated during the day. And that's, uh, those are the words I'm chewing on because I'm not chewing on any food. <laughs> well, you're looking slimmer. You look a lot slimmer. Yeah, yeah. You, know slimmer. Ago. you know what? I've already lost two grams. Thank you. <laughs> so listen, a lot of attention over the w- weekend to the draft. Of the university, uh, I'm sorry, Colorado State University uh, Inclusive Language Guide. It was a draft that actually came out a while ago, but it came to the fore because one of your Prager University gals uh, made a video about it. Um, And it's absolutely astounding how far this stuff is going. The desperate search for things to be offended by on other people's behalf. I mean, down to the minutiae. And the interesting part of this is that uh, Maureen Dowd, who's uh, a she's a, like a moderate Democrat columnist for the New York Times. Funny, snarky, smart. She wrote a piece that's getting a lot of attention in in the New York Times, a way left paper. Spare me the purity racket is her headline. And uh, let's see. One of the one of the uh, the key phrases is the progressives are the modern Puritans. The Massachusetts Bay Colony is alive and well on the Potomac and Twitter. And then she relates it to the French Revolution, in which not only words were changed. You can't say this anymore. You have to say this. But they actually changed the systems, the system of months and the system of days and the week. And you had to fall in line with that. Otherwise, your head would go in this direction. Your body would go in that direction, thanks to la guillotine. Um, and, and I can share with you some of her key paragraphs in a little bit. but Because it's some dang good writing. And she's saying, all right, look, you people are crazy. And you're, you're about you. You're not about what you claim to be about. But getting back briefly to your... Uh, Colorado State University speech code, there were a variety of, of things that uh, they didn't ban, but they said to the kids and the, the faculty and the staff, you shouldn't use these uh, these phrases. Uh, and one that we've discussed, long time no see, which the guide says is offensive to Asian students, except that it's not. Freshmen, since the term man excludes other genders. Oof. Handicap parking, the guide says the term generalizes the population. I'm a reasonably intelligent fella. I don't even know what that means. No, uh, that's just a... Hey, that, quit general, generalizing the population. Where do you get off generalizing? Those are just words. Yeah, wow. They, they don't mean anything. And you can't use crazy, um, which implies that people experiencing mental health challenges are not normal. There's also the oft-discussed uh, part of it that they ended up not including in the final guide, but that you shouldn't use American. The term American, because that excludes people on the continents from other countries and cultures. A Brazilian is an American, so you should use United States students. Or, I'm sorry, United States citizens. Who worries about this stuff? Don't even use the term America. Use United States. 
that sort of thing. Wasn't that like a Reagan speech? One of the great things about America is that anyone can become an American. Yeah, but but about what about a Venezuelan? Yeah, probably a poor example at this point, but you could become a Venezuelan if you enjoy starving. Uh, let's see, where are some? Uh, it did recommend people avoid male and female. Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Male and female refers to biological sex and not gender. So don't mention that somebody's a male. How many people are on board with this, would you guess? On a college campus, it's a substantial number. For the, uh, for I the would general s- population. Well, even on a college campus, I would say it is a large minority. But they are so savage. And they, if you if you frame a debate in... If you're with me, you're a good person, and if you're against me, you're a racist, and probably a rapist, and a racist rapist, um, then people are terrified to speak out against you. So it's the framing of it every bit as much sure. as the opinion. But in the general population, oh, no, it's not not a lot. Be but everybody's digits. cowed. Mm, I'd say uh, more, but you know, I, really? could be, I could be wow. wrong. Oh, yeah, I think there's a solid 15%. 20%. You, you would have a Maybe giant it's... swath of the country where there wouldn't be 1% in the state. Right. Many states. But your hyper-populated blue states. Yeah, I don't know. People are at least terrified to say they're against it, so it's tough to get a, a sense of that. Um, anyway, the reason you don't use male and female is in terms of communications methods, we rarely need to identify or know a person's biological sex and are often referring to gender. Then, of course, they get into the 57 different pronouns you're supposed to memorize for people. Um, it also suggests that people use heterosexual instead of straight, since straight implies that anyone LGBT is crooked or not normal. Among other words and phrases that they recommend avoiding are basket case, birth defect, the blind. Um, You can't use the blind. The deaf. Eye for an eye, colored, dwarf, midget, hip, hip, hooray. Why can't you oh, say hip, hip, oh, hooray? There, wait a second, got to switch to this other article. I mean, I'm, the others ones I get in theory, even though I don't think where in practice. Where is it? Here it is. Oh, I'm so glad you asked that question. So glad. For example, the guide explains the term, the term hip, hip, hooray stems from, Michael, are you ready? Nazi Germany. Oh, good Lord. Nazi Germany. That's right. Hip, hip, hooray. Is a Nazi slogan, Jack. See, but, Have you ever said hip, hip, hooray? But this Have is, you? This is what I always wonder about any of this stuff. If the person saying it and everyone hearing it is unaware of the origin of the song God Bless America by Kate Smith or right. anything like that, if nobody's aware of it, it, it really is the tree falling in a forest question. Said the Nazi. <laughs> it is exactly the same thing as if a tree falls in a forest. If nobody's aware of the origin, was any harm done? Says the Nazi. Nazi Germany. So So now Joe's going, Nazi says what? (laughs) (laughs) And the use of hep hep was a rallying cry to hunt Jews. All right. Now, says this one person who's obviously a racist himself, to suggest that everyone, everyone on campus is offended by the same words, I think is naive. If someone's offended by something, just say so. We don't need to be preemptively telling students to self-center. 
You know, or self-censor, I'm you know, sorry. You know, what part of this might be is the other studies we've been talking about, how college kids do so much less schoolwork and spend so much time less time in class. Right. And then so, uh, and, and fewer of them have jobs. So you don't have a job, you don't go to class, and you don't study. You got time to stare up your own animus and think about this <laughs> right. stuff. Armstrong and Getty. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. This is the best of Armstrong and Getty. Let's talk about something that always makes us laugh. Spirit Airlines. Uh, on, a, <laughs> on a recent flight, they had a live bat flying around the cabin. <laughs> the passengers were upset, especially when they realized it got through an open window. They go, hey, wait, what? Close the windows on the plane. <laughs> That'd be wacky if they had the windows open on an airplane. It's crazy. Uh, I saw the video of the bat. I would not have dug that. I am not a bat fan. I love bats. I'm fascinated by bats. I have bats who live under my uh, front uh, porch roof thingy sometimes. Uh, my only objection is that they poo. Uh, they they are not neat with their poo. Speaking of poo. Oh, speaking of poo. Wait a minute. No, this is uh, this is before your poo. We both have a speaking of poo. That's How interesting. odd is that? Yeah. Well, everybody means does it, Jack. It means yeah. something. So there I am at the uh, the Major League Ball Field uh, the other night, and it was a night game. I just said that. I'm an idiot. Anyway, so there I am, and it, it was the San Francisco Giants game. And uh, right there by the bay, they got a lot of seagulls, right? And so uh, it's getting toward the end of the game, and the seagulls know. So they start massing. On the roof of the stadium, they're flying around over the outfield. They know as soon what as all these people... What do you mean they know it's they, the end of the game? They know. Hey, it's two outs. <laughs> two out, bottom of nine. No, 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 they're down four runs. They'll never come back. No. <laughs> the seagulls, as the evening goes on, mass more and more and more because they know when the crowd leaves, the cleanup crew can't get to all that food and trays and stuff under seats. Leftover popcorn and exactly. nacho chips. And they'll get a giant meal out of it. Wow. And it's semi-frightening. But here's the part that, 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 oh, my God. The lights are blazing, right? And so you can see the seagulls and everything in, in stark relief against the night sky. You can also see them pooping. And the stadium lights illuminating their poop as it falls toward the people in the stands Ew. and or the players and umpires and the rest of it. Ew. So everybody's kind of keeping an eye on them. And then a stream would come out and you'd see it lit by the stadium lights and you'd be like, look out. <laughs> oh, it was bad. Get me some popcorn and seagull crap. <laughs> it's crap. Oh, boy. It's crap. It's crap. I, you know, I wasn't wearing a hat or anything. I was thinking of retreating under the uh, the stands. <laughs> I thought, oh, this is great. That, nice way for the night to end with a nice of seagull dung. Now, my speaking of poop. Yes. The homeless. Welcome to speaking of poop with Armstrong and Getty. The homeless situation in Los Angeles. How long is this news report, Sean? Uh, it's just Roughly. under five minutes. Oh, that's pretty long. I watched the whole thing. We probably won't be able to air the whole thing. I watched the whole thing. We could link the video. Well, we have the fabulous Gordon Chang to talk about Hong Kong in just a couple of minutes. I'd love to hear it, though. Uh, we can we can play some of this. Uh, we'll link it at armstrongandgetty.com. One of the reasons I was interested in this is I was there just a couple of weeks ago as uh, my son and I stayed right by Venice Beach before we went on our fishing trip in Los Angeles. And one of the reasons we went to Venice Beach is so he could watch the fabulous skateboarders do their thing. Oh, yeah. From the yeah, original yeah. Dogtown. But um, it was unbelievable. But I drove under this very overpass that they're talking about here. And it's incredible. And it goes something like this. 
in the shadow of the West LA skyline, tucked under the 405 at Venice Boulevard, is a stretch of sidewalk some 40 people call home. At least once a week, the LAPD orders them out, blocks off the area, and an army of sanitation workers moves in, picking up used needles, bottles of urine, and mountains of garbage. They sanitize the sidewalk and then leave. But within minutes, people are back, rebuilding their life under the 405. The sidewalk is again littered with the hazardous byproducts of life on the streets. You're living out here by choice. Oh, 100%. We met Dylan Brumley rummaging through the trash here in search of something to eat. And we saw him picking up a dirty needle. Well, you're going to use that needle? Yes. He says these cleanups never keep the area clean for more than a few hours. You're wasting time, money, effort. And neighbors okay, who can live... We, can, we take, can we stop that for just a second? So a couple of key points here, obviously. Uh, city spends all that time and money to clean that off. People are back within minutes. Guy they interviewed said he's there by choice. How do you like that? <laughs> you there by choice? Oh, absolutely. Well, I've seen the stats. It's a huge percentage. No, I'm not going to the shelter. No, I don't want that program. No, I'm not going to conform to your rules. Okay, a little more. Effort. And neighbors who live near the encampment agree. It is not a good use of our tax dollars. Roman Samily lives five houses from the tent city. He says when the cops force the homeless people out during those cleanups, they move into the neighborhood, leaving behind piles of garbage, which the sanitation workers never clean up. But it just pushes the trash into our streets. Our streets are worse after these cleanups. And worse because of this too. The homeless routinely leave their encampment to urinate on on the streets of the neighborhood and they defecate on the residential streets where children play when sanitation workers do their cleanups they stay inside the yellow tape ignoring piles of human waste just a few feet away oh, <laughs> defecating and urinating all over the streets you're aware of this yes pepe garcia of la oh, hey, let's pause that again so uh earlier when we were talking about civilization and how fragile it is and what a miracle it is and how easily it can break down uh anybody need more convincing how incredible is that we have people slaughtering others by the dozens because they're just angry and don't know what to do with their lives and and those of you who say well read what they wrote they were obviously an x listen i i appreciate it because i think you you're trying but People who are angry, disaffected, unconnected, and have no purpose for their lives, they latch onto a purpose. And it might be A, it might be B, or it might be C. And that's really not fundamental to solving, you know, which choice they make. It's not fundamental to solving the problem. But, yeah, clearly our civilization is breaking down in a lot of ways. Imagine that. Millions of dollars, millions of taxpayer dollars being spent to accomplish nothing and in, in many ways make it worse. And the near-Soviet uh, workers, and no offense to them, say, yeah, they told me to clean up the poop within the uh, the tape. That poop over there, I'm not supposed to clean up. And I saw these very tent cities, the very one they're talking about right there. It's just, it's unbelievable. The, the, if you haven't seen, if you've seen like L.A. Homeless before, but not the latest version, you have no idea. Well, and listen, you don't have time to go to L.A. or maybe your travel plans are elsewhere on the West Coast. Check out San Francisco. Check out Sacramento. Check out Portland. Check out Seattle. Check out San Diego. I could go on and on and on. 
the West Coast bomb explosion. The story of our time. Well, one of them. You're listening to the best of the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on season three of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.